Welcome to Episcopal Priest Explains. I'm Kyle Martindale, your resident Episcopal priest, and today we continue our conversation with Father Bill Baker in our LGBTQ plus Pride Month series on the podcast on marriage equality in the Episcopal Church. Father Bill Baker is the priest in charge at the Church of the Ascension in Staten Island in the Diocese of New York. We'll get right back into the conversation here in just a moment. Sit back and enjoy the rest of our interview. It's Episcopal Priest Explains. I might not know much about much, but I'm here to talk about stuff. For when your friends ask you questions and you want to show off, the first five minutes likely aren't enough. Because I'm going to be wrong, and I'll ask someone smarter. So that first five minutes are more just like a starter. So you can stick around and hear from the experts. Because there's more to know from Episcopal Priest Explains. It's... Episcopal Priest Explains. I'm going to ask this question, and I'm going to say probably the answer to this question, if you're listening right now, probably the answer to this question will be next week on Episcopal Priest Explains, (laughs) just as I look at the time over on the mixer right now. But I want to, at some point, it's going to be broken up, and so I'm going to just call it now. Uh, So as we talk about progress in both churches and society— I think it's also important to highlight that not everything's been positive. And so could you share with all of us what you think is the most pressing challenge challenge facing LGBTQ plus communities in terms of marriage equality and overall rights in religious communities? And then the same question with our broader national and global society. And I'll have some to share on the global society too after you're done. But so, so it's a big question. So here we go. Well, I'm going to answer the question as best I can, and I'm also going to share a personal experience of my own. I really think that one of the biggest things that faces the LBGTQ community right now is that we have reached a certain level, and much like we've heard people say, Bishop Mary said it last week, we had a black president and everything is okay. I'm afraid now that we will begin to slide back, that people will become complacent and not see that we need to continue adding our voices. It would be very easy for LBGTQ people to have risen to a certain place and then say we're good, when what we need to do is continue to fight the good fight for everyone, women, people of color, and and not become complacent even about our own issues. I think the one thing that we face now is that I'm going to say something that I hope is not controversial, that the transgender community really is not the same thing as the LBGTQ community, where our identity is about sexual orientation and theirs is about gender identity. Right. But because there's not a large enough group for all of us to have like our own tagline, we add the transgender community because we were fighting for rights and we wanted to include them. And, uh, and trans, the fight for, uh, the, the fight for, you know, pride and 
uh, gay rights has always included trans, of course, gendered persons. And there were drag queens and transgender people at Stonewall. So I don't want to say, but they're not exactly in terms of human development, the exact same issue. But what I want to say is that those alliances that we create are important. And so although it may not be the exact same issue, what the LBGTQ community did by putting our, you know, power, our block as a political uh, people together was wise. And I think we need to not stop doing that. We need to keep saying now, look, there are these other issues that we need to keep fighting for, which is Black Lives Matter came to the forefront. I know that some people within our community fought and some people took a step back. So I, I want to say we, we really need to continue adding our voices. The other thing I want to say is that although we have reached a point in the Episcopal Church where we have these rulings that allow for every church to have gay marriage, the church where I serve right now had had plenty of gay clergy before and had never had any same-sex anything here until my marriage. And I decided that I was going to get married, and I decided to do it in my church, the church where I serve here on Staten Island. And it was the first one. And you know what has happened since then? I've had another same-sex. Yeah. And I'm in conversation now to have others. I think sometimes, although we think we've reached a threshold, right. the door still remains closed. Well, and if you, if, if you haven't had it happen, and also on a large level, great, the church has made a decision about it, and then what's your church doing? Right. You know, the, the church, big capital C church, uh, we use the abbreviation TEC. TEC, the Episcopal Church, because we got to capitalize the T even. And that's the decision. But what has the your church, the lowercase C done? What is and and the church is not the building, the church as the community of of worshipers of God, what's the work being done in order to say you are included and beloved and affirmed? And also I, I while we're not too far removed from what you were just talking about. I want to say the, the, the grouping of LGBTQ plus together also means that there's this responsibility to see the fact that trans lives are being destroyed consistently and, and taken down legally. Uh, and the, you know, I, a lot of people talk about not reading the comments on online things. And, you know, in my in my heart of hearts, I know that's true. However, that's kind of that's a that's an, a point of privilege to be able to close your eyes to the comments that are hateful. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, when there's the there's a, a transgendered Olympian uh, that's going to compete and and also the. NFL player that just came out uh, yeah. who's an active player in the NFL. So the first time somebody who's actually playing in the NFL and, and the comments on those are hateful and demeaning. Mm. And, and I don't mean to group the gay man coming out and the, the trans person just trying to live a life as a human being. Uh, and so that, that kind of goes into what we, I talked about last, last time with Bishop Mary was that, 
beloved personhood. And that's a fight that is still happening to be accepted as a human being in the trans, as a transgendered human being, uh, as just being a human. Uh, Like you said, it's, it's not that we have same sex marriage now. It's that we have marriage now. Yeah. And it's not, we don't accept God's beloved creation if we are leaving people out of that creation uh, and denying them who they are. Yeah, and I just wanted to say I was going to tell tail end what I was saying to come back to it to say what I my most sincere hope is that even our straight allies will be the kind of people where they fly the trans acceptance flag in front of their church or put up a Black Lives Matter in order for people to know that the church doors are open, that they, you know, that my, that my straight ally friends, I I love, I love so many of my straight ally friends will not just say, yeah, if someone came to me and said that they wanted to have, you know, their marriage blessed, regardless of the personhoods of the people that were there, regardless of anyone's sexual orientation or anything else I, I would welcome them. I want I want us to feel like it is really that our we'll all be allies to each other and we'll be inviting that the church will become that place because we're really not that yet we are a place that allows gay marriage but we're not a place that I believe is in, inviting as it could be and I think that's another thing that we can't minimize people can be given rights but you know, until they're told that they really can exercise them, it, it may not it feel, it really feel a welcome, something like the radical welcome and, and other things that say we have, to, we have to show people, we have to go out and, and maybe instead of asking people to come and open our doors, we have to throw our doors wide open in order to, to let people, and scream it outside, you know, you, you're welcome. Yeah, and um, go, go and go into the world and not just as as the end of, of Mark says, preach the gospel, but live that gospel of love and, and let that be the example that says, hey, you too are welcome. And it's not my invitation to give. God has invited you. God has invited you into this sacramental act of love. And 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 I think that's important to to not say like, ooh, look at us. We the church have done this. And we often can get into that kind of mode, but and pat ourselves on the back, but yeah. un- unless we're going out and saying that, and you you, you said the inclu- the uh, trans acceptance flag, and so I, I was thinking of our ex- ex- inclusive uh, pride flag that we've got. Oh, in I saw. Can house. you share the story? Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, I'll share it on here because uh, I, I know I posted on Facebook. But the other day we had it was raining, and so we were watching out for our Amazon deliveries because Prime Day was this week, and and we didn't go overboard, but we did get a few items, and we have on our on our door hanging the. Uh, uh, the trans inclusive pride flag uh, hanging there and it's in between the glass door and our door so that it doesn't get messed up and also so nobody can take it and and so people have no option but to sit there and look at it and see it but our amazon person who's supposed to deliver to the side door and they have all those instructions and stuff but i think this this particular delivery guy just couldn't help himself he saw it and had to go to that door and he put a fellowship track league pamphlet on our door talking about, oh, I can't remember exactly what it says on it. It's 
track 130 something, but it, it, it's talking about God and sin. And I, I posted, and then people were questioning, well, how do you know it was the Amazon guy? Do you have cameras? And, and I said, well, one, it's 2021. Of course I've got cameras. <laughs> you know, yes, I've got cameras on my house. Also, it was raining, and I got to the door, and he was still walking away, and this thing was stuck to the top of the Amazon package. You know, it's not like it magically appeared there. And so he saw this flag and couldn't help but... You know, and, and somebody brought up the word, maybe that he felt that it was his duty. Well, somebody's not sharing with this person who's trying to maneuver through a life of a life with God, what love really is, because that's not love. That's, yeah. that's sitting on the judgment seat of Christ and Christ's arms are open in love. And, and this is a closed off way of being. And so as allies, you can reach out and you can, you can, do these small moments that proclaim that that love is bigger than what else is going on and i think we can get we can fall into the trap of well we can't change anything ourselves and well you can't change the world by yourself but you know what can a million people making the little change to themselves can change the world you know a, a million people accepting and, and affirming and embracing God's love has the power to change how the world sees love and how the world sees each other and God. And so just I encourage you to do those little things uh, as well as the big things like flinging open your doors and going out and saying, hey, look, you know, we can we can go be uh, here we are. And I think today or yesterday as we record this was the feast of the nativity of St. John the Baptist. And I think it was yesterday, uh, but it might be today. I don't know. It's yesterday. Uh, but whenever you're listening to it, it was a day before that. Uh, it was sometime before that. And John the Baptist was out in the wild with camel hair and eating locusts and hunt, had honey and all this stuff. And he was a wild dude. And that was the messenger that God chose to, to bring in like, to point to Jesus to say, this person is coming. If that's not radically inclusive, I don't know what is. If that's If that doesn't do the flinging open the door like you've talked about, I don't know what does. Well, I'll tell you, my inclination is to pray for that guy, that he would just be loved in his life and see that love is going to get us further than, than judgment. So right. I, I hope someone is loving to him and, and truly points him to love. Love will find a way. There's our themes, theme for the day. One, thing's, one thing I always make sure to ask people uh, when we're talking about a subject that still carries with it real-world debate and discussion, and we talked about this a little while already, but is that what you see as the moment when many people in both our church and broader sense, uh, our communities, point to when trying to act like everything's okay and that we don't have to talk about things anymore. So you you mentioned that the Supreme Court ruling and that being kind of, there's the danger of that. It, are you seeing some of that in your community, church community, or as you've seen in the the broader American landscape? And I, th I, I think... 
we kind of all know the answer to this one a little bit. I will say that people have a great desire to deny things that are either uncomfortable or they make them feel bad. And I find that some people, even good Christian people, have asked me on a personal level to just be quiet. To what I actually had even someone in my church say, I can't remember whether it was about my wedding, but I think it might have been about some other issue that we were talking on. I think it might have been a a human rights. I think it might have been about Black Lives Matter. And he said, we're not going to have the gay pride flag out front, are we? Because that, Father, that's, that's too much. And I don't think that people understand when they say to people like, women, you got the right to vote or whatever, you know, but as you all yeah, mentioned, what else can you want? You already got this. And well, when you're making seventy-two cents for every dollar that a man makes, right. you want a dollar. <laughs> yeah, you want a dollar. <laughs> where's and, where's my twenty-eight cents? And what I I have felt very often as a person who is willing to speak out is that people have asked me, please, not to. I will say, over time, I have even hearing that voice in the back of my mind made some choices about when I would or wouldn't speak out. I hope honoring that God has given me a voice, but I haven't stopped always because I was going to make people feel uncomfortable. But I have sometimes decided that I would pick up the issue at a different time. I actually, out here, before this summer when they made Juneteenth the national holiday, they had talked about it the summer previous. And um there was a man where we're allowed to walk our dogs off the leash. And I was just out there walking my two lovely dogs. And he said something about, you know, making Juneteenth the national holidays. You're there. People are trying to say that black people are better than me. And I decided at that moment, actually, there were many of us that felt uncomfortable, but not to speak to him. And there have been moments since since that day where I went to him just to speak to him in hopes that I could have enough of a relationship that we can establish something, even though it's been a year. And I will confess that for a short time, I didn't go back, but I, I already confessed that and told people. And then I did eventually go back. And I hope that we will have a real conversation someday, maybe even about Juneteenth but certainly where we can relate to each other as people. So that's the kind of thing I've I've weighed where it was not always wise to use my voice, but I do feel like gay people are told, like you have marriage, you you have enough. But I think a lot of people are told that. I think, you know, women get that probably more than queer people and people of color certainly have been told that this is until recently and even recently that they've been told that it's not your time to speak up. Um, right. Or, uh, or this isn't the way or stay in your lane or stay in your lane. Or yeah. you're an athlete, do what you're told to do. Ugh. And, and we'll have more on that uh, next time with Bishop Dion Johnson of the diocese of Missouri. When we talk about Juneteenth, that should be, and, I, I can't wait to hear that one. That so, will be great. Well, thank you so much. And, and I think when, when you point those in, in, kind of group them all together, it, it's a, a pattern. You know, we, it, it really is. And that's why I always ask it is, in this issue, what do you see? Because 
you pointed to eight different things as well, and it's not hard. We, we see those moments, and we've all lived those moments or, or been standing there when somebody makes comments about those moments. And I, I too, hear uh, some about, well, why, are we, why do we have uh, different things for all of June? I, I, I recognize pride through the month of June in our liturgy, and it's, like, printed on the front of our bulletin. And, you know, if you really have a hard time with the pride flag, you'll have a hard time. Uh, Sunday at St. Stephen's because it's printed on the bulletin. And, you know, the by the time that this airs, uh, I'll have already worn it, so it won't be a surprise anymore. But I've got my, I've got a, the trans-inclusive pride flag as a stole to wear oh. uh, for the whole service. And so, you know, if it bothers you, you're going to be bothered. And, you know, that's just the way it is. And we have to... We have to pick and choose, I think, to a certain extent, because you have to have the relationship like you were talking about, Bill. But I think also you have to just have sometimes it just takes the guts to do something mm-hmm. and, and just say, look, if, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Uh, and I, I think back often to a to a moment and and I'll say I'll say Zach right now and and if you are listening to this and and think it's you it's probably you but this moment <laughs> that I'm not going to give a last name or anything but this moment we were talking about it and it was when I was beginning to discern my call to the priesthood in the Episcopal Church and this I was sitting around with a group of people it was after a friend's wedding or something like that I don't know it was and and we were hanging out and I I'm sure that um, I, I think there was communion at the wedding and there was probably some more, the base layer of communion before Jesus is there after, <laughs> if you know what I mean, we had some wine and we were talking and, and I was sharing and I said, look, I've been called to do this at some point. They'll either appreciate me or they'll kick me out. Like, I mean, and if you don't have the willingness to risk, and there's a very good fine line. Yes, and and there is, and 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 Bill and I are laughing at it <laughs> with each other right now because in the Episcopal Church, the, it, it's a fine line, and it moves from day to day, and and so you got to just kind of tightrope walk and 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 find that way. But you, there there are certain things in life that you have to be willing to take a risk for, and the embracing of love, God's love for your neighbor ought to be one of them. So thank you. I want to shift and we'll we'll have a couple more about that, but I want to shift a little bit to your your personal joys and challenges of of being a priest. And I know throughout our conversation there have been pointers towards some of them, but just your biggest joys and challenges cuz I I think it's a shame to bring somebody on and not let uh, let the listeners get a sense of who you are. Well, my biggest joy is being with people through their joys and challenges, really. I get to do baptisms and weddings, but also funerals. We have had four funerals in a row. Thankfully, I will tell you, we're gonna, we've done two and we're doing two more baptisms. I don't know if I'm doing math and saying we're, you know, it's one is replacing the other, but, you know, being with people in, in real life, COVID was hard for people. We've had people in this church who, went into, you know, shelter in place and will not leave their homes, you know, that I will now visit them for the, probably the remaining days in their home. And so this has been a a challenging year, but I've grown so much. I, I, I laugh because I say, you know, I'm, 
I think my gifts are preaching, teaching, and pastoring. And I thought at the beginning of COVID, like, oh man, I'm I'm out of luck. How about, and you know what? Using a camera first to, yeah. you know, film things, calling people actually old time on the telephone, even texting some people who prefer to text. I, I figured it out. I, I try to always meet people exactly where they're at mm-hmm. and, and, and hold their hand if that's what they want, either emotionally or actually literally. And uh, so I, I do find a lot of joy. I also find a lot of joy in knowing that I probably voted differently than 80% of the people in my church mm-hmm. politically. And we love each other. Yeah. And that is, that means more to me than, you know, than my vote. It means more to me than, you know, than whether, you know, I will ever be in a church that has 500 people knowing that we have real authentic love because we know that God loves us. And that's what we foster for one another is another one of my great joys. I, I will say there've been lots of challenges. I've learned so much in my short time as a priest. Um, I, if I, if you asked me to, to make a list, I, I mm-hmm. wouldn't list them all. But the first thing I will say is that I learned that this was really to, to humble me or it has humbled me and that I realize I don't know it all. And I don't tell the people who I interact with that I know at all, I'd much rather say, I'll get back to you. Let me, let me look that up for you. Or let's, let's do some research together. Let's read a book. Another thing that my church is really big on is they, we've had great book club discussions. So, mm-hmm. so th- those are, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm working through it with like everyone else. I'm on a, I'm on a journey and a path. And I think the people who I serve and serve along with and serve realize that we're in this together. Yeah. And I think one of the, one of the great advantages that, that I think of when I think of being a priest in the Episcopal church and in our tradition is the, we are very open about our humanity with the people around us, with our congregation. We're, we're open about the fact that we are humans too, and we're flawed beings. We're, we're loving beings and can be, can be non-loving beings as well. (laughs) Uh, Yes. And, and the ability to acknowledge that binds us together in ways that, can solidify that love for one another even further and and bring us to a place of, of seeing like, well, thank God for God's grace, because if we didn't have that, we'd all be, you know, down the river without a paddle. So thank you. What do you think the church can do now to better move forward, to highlight the blessedness of, and and I'm going to go toward blessedness of romantic relationships. So marriage between people in the communities of LGBTQ plus. I really think that what we really, what we need to do right now is that we need to continue to make sure that in addition to allowing for marriage, as I said before, that we have enough experience and interaction with people of all walks of life, that our communities begin to look like the kingdom of heaven. So I hope that queer people are in every Episcopal church, and I hope that people of color are feel welcome there. And by making the a microcosm of the kingdom of heaven here, it will lift up the relationships of LBGTQ community, because we're in every community throughout the world. We are old and young, we're, we're black and white and Asian and brown we 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 are in every community and rich and poor 
So to say that if we continue to have in our churches a space where everyone is welcome and it's a it's a true depiction of what God means by people being in love, living in love, then I think that that the LBGT community, LBGTQ plus community will um, be present. They will, our relationships, our love and our marriages will be honored. And I think that's the best way to do it. Start it by truly living out what God asks us to do, which is to love one another. To love one another and, and like you said, work to mirror the kingdom of God here. Uh, you know, over and over, Jesus says in his ministry, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God has come near. The kingdom of God is here. If that's not an invitation to make the kingdom here and now, and and Paul says, it was last week, now is the day of salvation. Now, 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 do it, Jesus my, says. My like, people get tired of me preaching that we need to make that community, that that heavenly kingdom happen here and now, because I don't think that it's out of reach. I think we pull on it every time that we help a, a child do better, every time that we welcome a transgender person, every time that we put up a Black Lives Matter flag, and that we help heterosexual, older, cisgender male feel as though he is wanted. He's part of us. He's he is he's had some pain that he's lived through that's real, mm-hmm. and that we can all through that pain understand each other better. Whether it was when he was in middle school, he got left out or he got othered yeah. because he had on green jeans or something. That we all um, support each other, and it's so. I, I think what people see as our differences feel like they're just too big to overcome. And I think that we are, if they're not too big to overcome, we accept them, we honor them, and then we just realize that we live our experiences together. Thank you. Is there one question that in your life as a priest, in your parish, or in your overall life that you wish people asked you, but you don't get to share often? And whatever the answer to this is, Fine, but is there something that you want to share that you don't get asked or that I didn't ask? (laughs) That you didn't ask. Well, I don't know that there's something that I specifically wanted you to ask or that no one asked, but I will say that there isn't a question that I won't answer or try to answer or be willing to mirror back to someone. So if I think something is a good question, like let's say my book club, we just read a book called the book of joy. I'm not trying to sell books for Sumon Kid, but (laughs) Jesus was married to a woman named Anna. So, you know, I like when people say to me, Bill, do you think that Jesus could have been married? I I like the process of thinking through those questions. Like, had I really, I really hadn't thought of that question that much, but I am grateful that, you know, so there's not a specific question that I wanted you to ask. I'll answer any question, but I love when I'm asked a question that I hadn't thought of, like, could Jesus have been married? Or whatever, you know, do you think that it's possible that angels are among us every day? I, I like thinking about those those kinds of questions. The, the deeper questions that just don't come up in regular conversation. And and maybe uh, and maybe don't even matter that much. But it is it's because Jesus was human. So would a Jewish man have been married? Probably. Yeah. Well, and and I like the way you said that don't even matter, but part of the conversation is, would it matter if he were? And would it matter if he weren't? So thank you. 
is there anything else you'd like to share with us while we're sitting here today? Well, I just have to tell you, I'm so excited for your podcast, Kyle. I think, first of all, if people don't know this, Kyle was one of my favorite people from seminary. He was an upperclassman. I'm I'm way older than him, but he he was <laughs> he'll always be my my big brother. So I'm excited for you and I really I'm gonna publicize your podcast. I am excited <laughs> to you. hear. I, I but I thought the first two episodes were great and I wish you much success. You're a you're a one of my favorite people. So thank you so much, Bill. And and the feeling is is definitely returned. Uh, we just shared some delicious chicken and veggies that that Bill made. So and donuts. Uh, Don't and, forget and, the donuts. and mochi donuts. So you know, and and I say that to mean also come together and break bread together if you are able. Especially coming out of the year that it was 2020, this is the second time that that we've been able to see each other in like 18 months. So if you're able to safely come together and break bread because it is and and reflect on how meaningful that is because it is meaningful and that is what we do when we gather around god's table and have the eucharist is we we break bread together and recognize that hey this is a big deal so thank you bill for joining me thank you so much for this chat and the blessings as you continue in your wonderful ministry at the church of the ascension and in the diocese of new york Thank you for listening, for joining us today, and I hope you'll come back for more great conversations. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to your podcast to get notified of our next episode. You can also join the conversation on the Episcopal Priest Explains Facebook page or join the up-and-coming Discord channel for Episcopal Priest Explains. If you want an invite, come to Facebook first, and I'll send it your way so that you can join the conversation. We will have some episodes that that are spawned from questions that, that come from uh, people in the community asking these questions of, of us, and I'll, I'll try to make sure that I find a guest that can help me answer these, because the whole point is I don't know all this stuff, and I just like to bring in people who know or have experienced more than I have. In the coming weeks, I'll be speaking with Bishop Dion Johnson of the Diocese of Missouri and Bishop Craig Loya of the Diocese of Minnesota. I'm Kyle Martindale, and as always, all are welcome at Episcopal Priest Explains.